Hello there. I am back at you and this is phenomenal because I presently have uh, 1300 planes and so now I'm motivated, you know, to start more episodes since, you know, things are catching on and you know, people are interested in the story that I'm telling, sharing about, you know, my experiences and my transformations into the person I am today. So, uh, in the last episode, I mentioned that I got two years in prison for possession of a gun. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know... Things happen for a reason, you know. Uh, I can look at it now as it was a blessing because um, I was going to end up shooting somebody. And, you know, um, I was drinking a lot, partying a lot, and I wasn't thinking rationally. And, you know, I became angry, you know, at a lot of stuff that was going on. You know, in the city of San Jose, amongst my peoples, you know, because um, they wasn't up on that level, you know, and it, it was basically a level of, you know, um, weakness and ignorance. And out of all the things that I accomplished in life, you know, uh, when I was in YA, uh, I'm going to elaborate on you in. And so that you can understand why I had that thought process. So when I was in YA, uh, I had got seven years and you have to go to board in order to be released from YA. Just like prison, you have to go to uh, the uh, parole board, you know, and if they feel satisfied, then they'll release you. So when I went to my first uh, hearing, you know, um, I realized that. I didn't understand nothing that they were saying. You know, that my intelligence level was, you know, they were speaking, you know, legal uh, terminology and stuff like that and using words that I did not comprehend. You know, so I felt that it was a weakness because they could be saying anything. They could be getting ready to do anything and I don't understand. So I felt vulnerable, you know, and so... I made a decision from that point on. Matter of fact, I read the book uh, with, about Malcolm X, the autobiography of My, Malcolm X. And I think it was one of the little uh, chapters where he basically said the same thing, you know, and he started studying a dictionary for an hour a day. So I started doing that. And, you know... Within a couple of years, I got released. You know, I didn't wait for uh, them to ask me to get in the drug program. I didn't wait for them because I seen other people that was going there and they tell them to come back and bring this. So what I did, I did everything before they asked me. I got my high school diploma. I got in the drug program. And I was also in a mentor program and stuff, you know, helping people, you know, with their uh, education and stuff. So I ended up getting released. You know, so that's the reason why I said that about 
the mentality of people is like they didn't want to put forth the effort to grow and better themselves and elevate themselves to a higher plateau. Um, so anyway, I go to Susanville for the second time. So I'm back up in Susie's house. And, you know, basically it's the same thing that was going on. I think Susanville was very uh, racist prison. I think all of them are, but Susanville was way 90 miles north of uh, Reno. And, you know, I used to call it clan territory, you know. Wasn't no blacks living there, you know. But anyway, uh, so I goes up there. And so my demonstration from... Uh, doing two years in a hole in San Quentin, uh, from coming from YA, uh, and then going to uh, prison, and ended up doing two years in a hole in San Quentin for an attempted murder and a racial riot. So by me by me going to uh, by me going to um, Susanville, it was a totally uh, 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 a program where. I've experienced things that enlightened me where I seen things more clear and I understood things. So now I'm ready to take it to another level. And the way I was taken to another level is just like I had the potential to start a gang, I also had leadership influence, you know, where I can influence others, you know, to elevate, you know, with a strong demonstration. So my communications and my demonstration, uh, you know, it brought people more together and they wasn't sitting idle in prison not doing nothing you know so um i think it was probably was in january uh uh black no it, it might have been uh black history month or it might have been uh martin luther king's birthday but anyway i got together I got all the gangs together, the Crips and the Bloods together, and we was both wearing, one was, everybody was wearing a blue rag and a red rag, you know, whether you was a Crip or a Blood, you was wearing a blue rag or a red rag, and it signified unity, it signified that, you know, it doesn't have to be a separation and a constant battle between the two. You know, uh, and I felt very uh, enlightened and proud of the accomplishments that I was able to make um, of bringing them together. So bringing them together, uh, we marched. We said we was going to demonstrate this unity and then we was going to march around the track. So the administration and other prison gangs got alarmed they like oh my goodness these blacks are together they were enemies and this was to our advantage you know divide and conquer but now they're showing the strength of unity now the crypts and the bloods has come together so the guards they was getting ready to lock the yard down because they didn't know what was going on so it was something simple you know we just celebrating uh martin luther king birthday or, you know, yeah, I think it was, you know, because Black History Month is a whole month. So, you know, we would have did a lot more things. But I think it was Martin Luther King's birthday. So, anyway, um, the guard came to me and he said, he said, hey, look. Because, you know, it was a trip. Because all the white supremacist gang, 
they was on the second uh, floor. Like they didn't, they they didn't know what was going on, so they didn't want to get in the line of attack, you know. So they was all on the on the second tier watching everything, and then so you know the police up there, you know they they ate they racist partners, you know, which is white supremacists, you know. So they got alarmed too. So they approached me and said, "Well, I understand what you're doing, you know, and I respect it, but." You know, it's causing an interruption on the yard. And I'm saying to myself, you know, well, uh, these motherfuckers feel intimidated by us being together. That's not our problem. That's their problem. It's probably because of all the things that they did in the past, you know, and they feel that there's going to be a wrath inflicted upon them. You know, so anyway, you know, I didn't want to cause a disruption and not be able to accomplish uh, the gathering and the meeting and the demonstration. So uh, he said, well, you guys can go over there by the uh, softball diamond, and, you know, in the bleachers and, and, and just kick back, you know. And I said, okay, so, you know, complied. We goes over by the um, bleachers and, you know, we all get, we get some little meeting. And I spoke. I spoke about unity. I spoke about independence, taking care of ourselves, you know, building our own gardens, you know, learning how to cultivate uh, uh, fields, uh, farms, you know, and through irrigation, irrigating, you know, your farm from a certain distance and how to do it and stuff like that. So um, it was phenomenal, you know, and... We also uh, got into a couple of situations where, you know, other prison gangs, you know, uh, they work for the government, you know, and instead of being inspired by the unity, they tried, tried to cause discourse, you know. So after that, that, you know, after that day, everything went well, and some people have egos, you know, it's like... Um, who is he? Who do he think he is? Don't he know that I'm, I got more rank than him and stuff like that? And I'm saying to myself, well, you know, if you had more rank than me and if you was on the same level, then you probably would have did all this before I even came to Susanville for the uh, second time. You know, so, you know, there's all there's always uh, internal strife uh, being inflicted. By the ignorance, you know, because that was an ignorant person to even be on that level, thinking on those terms and 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 trying to cause disruption in the strong demonstration that was just established. You know, that make people walk around and say, man, you know, this is good. I feel safe because we got this unity. We got this strength. We got so much strength. It shook the whole yard. It shook. You know, it, it, it made them feel some type of way. So when it makes them feel that type of way, it lets us know how powerful we are and how powerful we can be when we demonstrate, you know, unity and awareness. So um, I was like, uh, that was that was uh, I, I really felt good that I could accomplish things. But at the same time, I felt like I was becoming a target 
because in this system, in this society, uh, uh, a black leader that's trying to uplift the people out of the, the, the mental slavery of ignorance is a threat because society don't have control no more. And the way society stays in power is by controlling and manipulating the ignorance. So, um, you know, I did quite a few things. Um, I think that uh, I just, you know, because I, I was a tattoo artist. So that's the way I passed time, too. You know, lift weights, run the track, uh, do tattoos, and, you know, keep keep peace on the yard amongst our own peoples, you know, no internal strife amongst each other, and give a strong demonstration where no other groups, no other prison gangs feel that they can come and just do what they want and say what they want, you know, towards our people and try to victimize our people, you know. So that was the main thing that was accomplished in that year, and and, and, and at that time, you know, it was a lot of things going on, you know, in society. Uh, the, the crack epidemic was just starting. And, um, you know, AIDS was at a plateau. HIV was at a plateau. And uh, a lot of things that was established during the civil rights movement, you know, Ronald Reagan and George Bush... Uh, uh, destroyed it all so now things are getting kind of hard for our people and the struggle is starting to become a little bit more intense you know because the the late 70s and early 80s uh all the rewards from the civil rights movements uh martin luther king malcolm x and uh the black panther party you know there was a lot of programs and a lot of things that 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 was accomplished to where it was a lot more easier for blacks, you know, to build a social economic structure and have a, a, a strong financial stability where we felt of importance, you know, especially out of coming out of slavery, uh, segregation, Jim Crow and all the above. So now things are starting to get more intense and I, I'm being aware that the government is specifically trying to destroy the accomplishments because of the fear of blacks coming together and establishing a strong economic foundation and you know a racist hateful mind don't want to see that so that was the acknowledgement and enlightenment that I accomplished and, and or not accomplished but became more aware of you know, because when a person is out there partying, doing drugs, and not focusing, you don't see the reality of the mental slavery that has captivated you. And you don't even know that you're no longer a physical uh, slave, but you're a mental slave, you know. And uh, so that was uh, from 85 to 86. And here I am... Um, in the process of getting paroled um, from Susanville, and I was getting ready to go back to the east side, San Jose. My mother has always been a person, you know, that was there for me, and I've always had a place to go, you know, and um, 
here I am getting ready to parole once again because um, it was like six months later after I got out of of prison after uh, coming from San Quentin. Here I am with a gun beef, you know. So I'm kind of like questioning myself, am I institutionalized? You know, because people in there, you know, people in there, they'll tell you, you know, that person is institutionalized. He can't stay out. You know, so I'm I'm really questioning myself. I'm like saying, well, dang, can I stay out? Can I stay out? Can I do this? You know, so uh, as I parole, that is the main, main frame of mind that I'm in, you know, is can I stay out? You know, can I make this, you know, uh, without catching cases and, and stuff like that? So, um... I'm going to end this session, you know, with, you know, I'm sharing all this information. You know, in reality, uh, I'm recording all this information. So if somebody is interested in, you know, throwing me a book book deal, you know, this is already recorded and they can transcribe it and we can edit it and go from there. But um, if you have any um, remarks that you want to leave. Feel free to leave a mark, a remark, and or, or or a statement or any questions. You know, feel free to leave a question uh, and or a remark, and let me know what you think about this episode. All right, enjoy your day, enjoy your night, enjoy your morning, and peace and blessings.